Hello there and welcome back to Couples Therapy with Candace and Casey, your regularly scheduled podcast that goes live every week without exception <laughs> at 10 a.m. sharp on Friday, every single week without omission or exception for any reason whatsoever. You could set your clock by it. <laughs> So, Candace, how come you've missed the podcast the last, like, 17 weeks in a row? Come on. We talk about this every time. It's not me, it's you. The reason why we haven't been um, podcasting is because Candace is nine months pregnant right now. And, well, quite frankly, she's spending most of her days at home in bed, watching soap opera. You are so full of it. And she hasn't been able to make it it into the studio to, um, to record. I've contemplated doing the podcast by myself. This is like role reversal right now. It feels like it'd be super weird to do a show called Couples Therapy and it's just just your old friend Casey here talking to microphone. First of all, it's opposite day as you say that. (laughs) Because (laughs) today at work the girls were like, I think they were very uncomfortable with me being there. I was like (laughs) making ah (laughs) sounds or like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> like the I, whole day. They're like, you need to not come in anymore. Before we started recording, I dropped my phone on the table on accident and Candace jumped and almost went into labor. <laughs> um, so Candace, the official due date is, can I say this information? Yeah, right. The official due date is the first week of October. And right now it's September 20th, which means we are within the window of, what's it called when it's not preterm? When it's not like before, when it wouldn't be a, the baby's fine. Baby's fine. We're in the window of the baby being fine if the little thing were to climb out right now. <laughs> climb. <laughs> so we are, it is DEFCON 1 at Neistat Household and at all times, and I, I follow Candace around the house. <laughs> well, we have carpet in three of our, <laughs> we have carpet in three of the rooms of our house. So when she's in that room, I follow her around with a bucket just in case. <laughs> Her water breaks to catch that mess because I don't want to have to... Yeah, right. Like, you'd come anywhere near me. You'd be like, just, I'm throwing you a towel. I'll wait out here. <laughs> no, it is insane how pregnant, how insanely humongous she is. The doctor said a few weeks ago that she needs to take it easy, but she goes to work every single day. Why do you do that? And I did physical therapy the other day. I know. Why? Week. Why don't you just stay home and watch TV? First of all... I know the real reason. What? You've seen every single thing that's on Netflix. That's not true. I don't, I don't find our bed, bed particularly comfortable. Where's the couch? I can't get in and out of it because it's only like a foot off the floor. Well, there's the, um, you, can, you could do like what Franny does, sit on the end of her bed and watch YouTube Kids. <laughs> it's just boring at home. I understand. But it's starting to at the point where I can't even like be in a car to get somewhere because the bouncing is so uncomfortable. Anyway, mom's coming soon. She's going to help out. She keeps things fun. Interesting. We're, we're going to have, um, as soon as this baby's born, we're going to have Candace, her mother, Francine, the new baby, and then a babysitter a lot of the time in our house. So that's five women and one Casey. And the doula. She comes to our house? Every once in a while to check on us. So all those women? All of them. That's so many. I'm so out, outnumbered. I, even, I can show you my text thread with Owen, me begging him to come to the city. 
When, before or during? Any time. It's all two-word responses, can't, busy. He's doing an internship now, too, in addition to the gig, the job. Oh, where's the internship? It's at like a law firm. That's good. Yeah, kids staying busy. Appreciate it. Miss the little guy. 20-year-old boys are so much easier than newborn baby daughters. Or four-year-old daughters. She's only three and a half. I just want my life to begin again after the baby comes out. Hmm. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, 99% of my brain capacity is taken over by like the pain that I endure when I change positions or having to go to the bathroom seven times a night. I know, but on the, on the other side of having a kid, you're never going to be the same person. No, but I'd like to be able to concentrate on something else other than my physical discomfort. Those women that have eight kids, that means they're pregnant for whatever, 10, 12 years. How do they do that? I don't know. I think that different people experience it differently. There must be a physical difference. Just like I truly believe that I experience cold temperatures as pain, whereas you experience them as just a cold temperature. You lost me there. All right, let's get into some fun stuff. Well, I always think it's interesting when we record on the same day we have our actual couples therapy. Well, it should mean that everything's like... It, like fresh in our minds and we should just regurgitate what happened. It's, do you know that thing though where like um, really good um, country western singers like seek strife in their relationships so they have more content to sing about? Like being heartbroken and whatnot? I don't think they seek it, but... Well, they do. I've heard Johnny Cash talk about it. Okay. Well, I'm just saying maybe we should get in more fights or something so we have more stuff to talk about. I know we've been pretty good lately. It's boring. I just don't have it in me to argue with a pregnant woman. I just capitulate immediately. There's no winning an argument between a man and a pregnant woman. No matter what it is you're arguing about, the man is wrong. You know, let's talk. Wait, you believe that now, but you did not believe that with Francine inside me. You were like almost chauvinistic about it. That is not true. Yeah, you were. No, I was living. I was mm -hmm. living 400 miles away. And made me feel bad about it. I didn't. I still think you should feel bad about that. And then, like, you never helped with anything. You know how the Korean War never ended? There was yeah. just an armistice. Like, they agreed to no longer fight. Uh-huh. You understand. There's between an armistice and a peace treaty, right? I'm not a total moron. Okay. What transpired during the pregnancy of Francine? On the other side of that, there is an armistice. Come on. So unless you want to sort of re-engage, in which case there will have to be a peace treaty or one of us will come out the victor, which will never happen, I think we should just sort of let that lay. Okay, let's let that lay. But I will say, let that lie. Sleeping dogs lie. I think it's let that lie. Okay. Like, when I call your name to bring me some water, I'm absolutely in shock that you actually say yep come in and bring me a water like that didn't happen last time regardless of the the whole like me not visiting you in boston or whatever but like you will never be forgiven for that i that's fine and i accept it never be forgiven (laughs) but like what changed tell me what changed between last time and this time where this time you're like well, Don't argue with a pregnant woman. You wouldn't have you well, argued I, with me all the time I last think, time. I think I think that empathy is a two-way street, which means maybe this isn't the case, but for me, I can't empathize with people who 
I don't think can empathize with me. If there isn't a symbiosis there, if there isn't a two-way street. So I'm trying to think of an example beyond you, but it's like I you were completely unwilling. This is when you were like the most hard-lined, mean, angry version of Candace I've ever met. Like when we first met and you were still hot, like burn New York City <laughs> ground. I don't mean hot physically. I meant like... I just peed myself. Oh, God, Candace. Go ahead. It wasn't even a joke if you, she pees yeah, but, herself. Yeah, but it sounded funny because you're like, when I first met and you were still hot as if you're not anymore. No, I didn't say it like that. I meant when like your entire identity was like being this hot, young New York City nightlife girl. Yeah, that's just insecurity, but go ahead. Okay. You were this... Um, you're much more attractive now. Yeah. You were you were vicious and mean. Yes, I was. And, but that was sort of your thing. Also, like if we had even the lightest of argument, I would just dump you. And I'd just break up with you. Get me like the wrong milk of my coffee, we're broken up. And that was our relationship. And I could sort of, that makes sense to me. We were young, we were kids, it was a casual relationship, we're both jerks. But then we like committed and that whole thing where I like gave you a diamond ring and you like cried and you're like, I'll always love you and always be nice to you. I'll always care about you. Like I know that those are just words and words mean nothing to you. But then like a year later when we were married and you were pregnant, you were the, the most cruel. You were more cruel then than you were as that 27-year-old party girl, except for instead of me being able to just walk away you were we were married and having a child soon. Yeah. So it was it was within that context that I was also a monster. So I just I say it like that because it's I couldn't empathize with you then because there was no empathizing from your side. We were well, just, I just both didn't, I think I just didn't like you. I think I I don't know how you felt, but I felt like we had made a big mistake. Did you not feel that way too? We <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, I think we knew before we even got married, no, but there I, was not like we were locked and loaded. There was nothing we could do. I, but that sounds like such, that sounds so heavy. But I guess for the audience, we should say, like, you listeners have no <laughs> clue how hard the, t- the tumult yeah. that was, what was it, seven years of courtship? Oh my God. I mean, we would break up. We should not be together, basically. Like, no, but we would break and, up. No, any book you would say this is never going to work. Candace's mother would fly up from Texas <laughs> just to like referee a fight between the two of us. Yep. It was just not a good situation. No. And I think I was super resentful that like I felt like we rushed into it and maybe I said yes too quickly and we never even lived together. We were just destructive. Just destructive. I mean, even when I remember when we got engaged, people were like, Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of. Wait, what? Those people were probably right, by the way. <laughs> no, it was like, I remember like. People for, didn't want to buy their tickets to the. I mean, <laughs> half of the wedding, people had yeah. already bought their tickets and then like my friends who had known us for so long were like, I'm just going to wait <laughs> before <laughs> I buy the ticket to Africa. For your wedding, yeah. I mean, it was like, I'm trying to give an example as to just how bad it was. Like, I'd break, I broke up with Candace once with the most absolutist, like, we we're never getting back together, scorched earth kind of breakup. And then we only got back together because I found out you had a serious boyfriend and I wanted to see if I could destroy your relationship, which I successfully did. 
But then I um, started to like you again throughout that process of destruction. Oh, my God, Casey. But this is what it was like. I'm trying to paint a picture for our audience at home. You could. You, maybe you did just like me. That could be true. But when we get in those fights, there'd be like a good window of, I definitely don't like that person. Oh, God, we hated each other. <laughs> See, you know, when I, when I talk about things in my vlog, like perseverance and tenacity and never giving up, I live that in every aspect of my life. I think it was a lot of it was like just bad timing. Every single time we got back together, you weren't ready for it. What is all this you? You know, I'm working so hard not to cast the blame on you. You were a monster. Oh, we, neither of us were ready for it. Um, I don't know. You know what one of my um, wise old sage soldier friends said? What? He says, the hotter the fire, the harder the steel. Like a blacksmith, the hotter mm-hmm. they can get it, the longer lasting it's going to be. I think that our steel is good and hardened because our fire burned hot <laughs> for so many years. Remember? Yeah. We're just welded together now. I don't think anyone could break us apart. Uh-huh. I feel like that's like a little bit different of a metaphor because if you're, you don't, what? the way you weld is, is very different from the way you would, like the way a blacksmith works steel is completely different from the oh. way that welding works. Yeah. Especially if you're talking arc welding. I mean, maybe you're thinking oxyacetylene, but that's less welding. It's more steel cutting. Ooh. What if you just put two pieces of melted butter in the same bowl and then stirred it? You'll never separate nope, it again. No, that's a chemical change, not a physical change. The point is you're way nicer to me now this round. But um, that makes sense because you just like me better. Can we circle back and talk about uh, our th- actual therapy this morning? Yeah. I was late. Yep. You know what a trauma, there's regular doctors, there's preventative medicine, and then there are trauma surgeons. Mm. I feel like I can only like, I only understand the trauma bit. Like we sat down in there, I don't know what the hell to talk about when everything's all fine like it is now. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you meet with her every Well, today week? was supposed to be preventative medicine. I know, but I ain't got nothing I need fixed. Yeah. Even the stuff we talked about, what were we talking about? The car or something? But then I was like, we're not going to be able to talk to her for like the next month. But we didn't have anything to talk to her about. I was just trying to get any of your concerns about me. I got a lot of concerns about you. And the next, like how the next month is going to go to like, if you wanted to hash anything out, now that was the time. The problem was there was only four and a half minutes left before the session ended. So we didn't really get through a whole lot, did we? Well, we didn't really, I feel like there wasn't a lot to discuss. It always takes a minute to get into it. Like when I sit down there, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing really. And then after a minute or two, you're like, oh, actually, there's something I wanted to talk about. Do you think as a psychiatrist, therapist, what's the title? She's a psychiatrist and a therapist. Do you think that for therapists or psychiatrists that they like, they seek out conflict? They're like, oh, man, I hope we got some real fucking problems to deal with today. (laughs) That's a funny thought. I'm not sure. Like when you're sitting there Balling, and I'm like in the other side of the room's arm folded. Is she like, yeah? Here's a problem. I don't know. <laughs> here's a problem for me to solve. I don't know. Or like today when we're just in there smiling, she must be like, ugh, this is boring. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like anything, a challenge is fun. She probably does like the. <laughs> Come on, I was no. Kidding. I mean, she doesn't like it for like sadistic reasons, but I'm sure it's like, oh, I get to put my knowledge to use right now. 
I guess no. that's a very cup half full perspective. That's weird coming from me. That is weird coming from you. So when Kenneth's mother comes here to help us once the new baby is born, which is amazing, and thank you very much, um, Mrs. Poole, for your generosity with your time, um, because we ain't got no other family, and Lord knows my family's not coming to New York City to help. She generously rented like a, 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 like a short-term Airbnb kind of thing, so she has a place to stay since there's nowhere for her to sleep in our house. But I really think that I'm going to be the one staying in the Airbnb, <laughs> and you are the one who suggested it. Yeah. But I think that I want to sort of say it publicly because I think when it comes down to the brass tacks, you're not going to, you're not going to be happy with me not in the house. No? Because I'm psyched to not be in the house. I Can think that... Two screaming kids? No, I think that you're going to... When you're stressed out, all I am is stressed. But I'm per, in a permanent state of stress. No, there's different stresses. You're like stressed with work or whatever, but if you're mad at me or upset with me or if it's something that has anything to do with me... I get really, really nervous, and I'm like on my toes the whole time, and I can't relax. So if that's the case, then you'll go to her apartment that she rented, and she'll sleep with me. And what about Francine? Francine's going to have to just get in her bed and go to bed. Francine is not going to be psyched about her new sister. I don't think so It's either. going to be war at the Neistat house. Well, that's why like, I'm kind of relieved that I'm not breastfeeding, because there's not like... That whole thing to deal with with Francine, that whole jealousy issue. She's like, she doesn't like it when we don't, when we break eye contact from her. She's after you. She's the only human being I've ever met who needs that level of attention. <laughs> she does call it her baby, though. <laughs> what happened? Oh, there was a there was like somebody had given me some like some stuff from their baby bag that they didn't use, and they were green. I want to say lollipops, but they're not. What are they called? Pacifiers. Francine comes out quizzical. She goes, what are these? I said, they're pacifiers for the baby. She goes, my baby is a girl. Girl babies don't have green pacifiers. And she like went back into her room. She goes, but her baby is a girl, so her baby needs pink, pink pacifiers. Isn't it funny that the kids just know what they, they know what they are? Francine knows she's like... She identifies as a girl, and she knows she's a girl, and she's embracing that she's a girl. Yeah, but I, I will say that, um, okay, so Owen's 20, so I didn't pay attention to, like, gender norms or, or things like that 20 years ago. But now it's, like, such a topic of conversation. He, she, pronouns, um, I, gender identification, things like that. I pay attention more. And it is interesting because, like, Francine was out of the womb not a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She was the girliest girl ever. And even now, she like, comes home from school, takes off her dress, puts on her princess outfit mm-hmm. and high heels and wears them around the house while carrying a purse and pushing a stroller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was not a learned behavior. No. So it does, for me, really underscore, you know, you, you, I, I, I'm a firm believer that you were born with an identity that you cannot um, disassociate yourself from. Right. Can yeah. I shift right now? Yeah. Have... Have you ever burnout? Yeah. Burnout's become a real topic of discussion in the YouTube sphere because in order to succeed and and survive on YouTube, it necessitates a level of work that is, I think, beyond what any one human being can do. And every, you know, there's like a huge cycles of, of YouTubers that just kind of burn out. And I never understood burnout. 
And I'm now understanding burnout in a way that I don't know that I've ever felt it before. I was like nearing it towards the end of, like right before we sold Beam to CNN, I was starting to get really burned out. And now I'm starting to feel really burned out again. And I can't tell if it's work or if it's the, the baby you're growing or other kid or, or other kid. I have a theory. Or us wanting to move or us. No, I have a theory. It kind of goes along with like your most aggressive and like if you are an entrepreneur or a creator or whatever in any way, it's usually like in your 20s when you're single, when there's nothing else going on, nothing to distract you and you can, all you have to do is work. That's all that, and bathe if you want to, you know what I mean? Like that's it. The thing is that you're 37, 36 or 37, you don't, now you have a million responsibilities. You don't just have one kid, you have two, you have a wife, you have another kid on the way, you're building 368. It's not, so the lifestyle that you had where it was like 24 hours consumed by thinking about a video, shooting it, editing it, uploading it, enjoying it, then it's starting every 24 hours a day, every 24 hours, you don't, you can't do that. You don't have 24 hours to think about a video every day anymore. Yeah. So that's one, that's one, I mean, I'm sure burnout. No, I think that's a like, very, I think it's a very good. You yeah. don't have the brain capacity. And I, I feel that way about, sorry, um, why, why do I apologize for turning it on myself? I don't know. I was, I was asking you say, about yourself. What I, I, I felt burnout at work, especially after being married and after having a kid. It's like, I can't just stay at the office till 10 o'clock if I want to. I can't. Like, I, I don't get to focus on everything at work because half an hour is spent talking to her teacher over email. Another hour here is talking about household shit. Another hour is taking care of my mom's shit. Another hour is working out insurance for us. Like, your life, your endless amount of time and selfishness just disappears as you get older with more and more complications. I think that the recipe, or at least my diagnosis for my current, like, impending burnout is it's a couple of things busy is not the same as burnout neither is tired i think you can be extraordinarily busy tired even overworked and not be burned out like i did whatever it was 700 videos in a row that missing a single day that did not burn me out so i think it's a combination of like if you're making a a burnout cake you have to put in equal parts busy and tired that's a given but I've always had that. I thrive at the intersection of busy and tired. But then you have to mix in uncertainty, which is what you're talking about, like new things. Things have changed. You can't stay till 10 p.m. anymore. We're having another baby. All that uncertainty sort of shrouds the busy and the tired with things like confusion and things like lack of clarity. And that lack of clarity makes it impossible to focus. And then for me, the inability to focus gets manifests as frustration. So now the sort of three emotions that I'm constantly feeling are busy, busy is not an emotion, but busy, um, tired, and frustrated. And for me, that is the exact recipe for burnout. There's a secret ingredient too. I'm assuming that people who experience YouTube burnout are the ones that are successfully uploading every day, not the ones that are just doing it for like, this is their life. Okay, keep going. Once something becomes a career, 
there's more responsibility with it and that responsibility yeah. causes stress and it takes up part of your brain power also and like totally you have people that work for you that's not something you just ignore it's I something else it. i know but you can't can you no but i try so i'm sure there's other youtubers who have done this who are experience, about to experience burnout who part of it was like they just it's not just about having fun like well, yeah what's that fun thing you say you say how do you um, how do you how do you take something you love and make it something you hate? Make it your career. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes me so mad when people are like, you don't really work, you don't have a job. It's like, bitch, the minute someone pays you to do something, it's not a hobby anymore. It means you're responsible for deadlines and deliveries and work. And that is stress, and that can cause burnout. Yeah, and... This is a bit of a digression, but let's go down this path a little bit. The upsides, to clarify, the ups before we start bitching, the upsides of... Bitch, bitch, bitch. (laughs) The upsides of owning your own business, the upsides of working for yourself, grossly outweigh the downsides. So I want to be abundantly clear with that, that prelude, that it is always better to work for yourself than to work for someone else. But there are give and takes there. So, you know, it's like... I have a good friend who has very cut hours in a job that, by definition, he can't bring home. Um, you know who I'm talking about. In Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He doesn't bring that job home. It doesn't go home with him. So, therefore, like, he doesn't work for himself. And the upside, a benefit he gets that we will never, ever, ever even come close to is once he walks out of his place of work, he's completely disconnected from it. That is a luxury. Oh, that is a dream. <laughs> a dream. So when you look at owning your own business or working for yourself, like Candace and I, the, there's no escape. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She wakes up at four in the morning so she can go have whatever the hell she eats out of the fridge, like a spoonful of peanut butter on a pickled egg with a <laughs> jar of mayonnaise. And I'm already up. I'm working. There's no escape from it. Like I, It looks like I'm playing on my phone 18 hours a day, but over 20 minutes of those 18 hours are spent responding to emails. No, there, there just, there is no escape from it. And there's a lot there. The sense of responsibility for other people that work for you is very it's real. Extraordinary. Yeah. It weighs on you. Yeah. When you get that check every week and you got your bosses, that sucks because bosses suck. You have to answer to someone else. But when you are the boss, you're responsible for other people. And that burden is, um, is extraordinary. So, yeah, like Candace and I are not in a position of complaining and I would never complain because I consider myself to be extraordinarily fortunate that I'm lucky enough to work for myself. Um, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's a, a, it's a job. <laughs> yeah, it's a job and there's an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of, of stress there. And it never, ever, ever, ever goes away. That's part of it too. Like last week, I was having a proper meltdown, and I just didn't leave our apartment for like three straight days, except for to go for runs. I didn't go into work. I needed to get caught up in front of my laptop. And I don't think it made me feel better at all. It meant my stresses of being in the office weren't there, but there were other stresses that just popped up right in its place. It's like whack-a-mole. It's like, oh, hey, stress from being in the office isn't here today. Here's some other stress for you. That's That's why I don't like staying at home. Because I feel like if I'm at the office, at least I can be productive and help and like put out fires, jewelry fires, which are very, very dangerous. Hot. Hot. Um, 
I don't. That's why I don't understand how you can stay at home. Well, because from it's it's we work on sort of an inverse when it comes to where our energy needs to be at work. Like for me, I'm most powerful, most effective, and most productive when I'm completely heads down, total focus. I hate inter- interfacing with other people. That is not productive for me. So being at home puts a wall of whatever it is, a mile and a half between me and my team and the people that I work with and all the responsibilities that I'm shirking here in the office and it lets me focus. And I think that's the opposite for you. Like your focus is working with your employees, the girls that work for you and is sort of coordinating and staying on top of things. I think that's like the difference both in our jobs by definition and the way our brains work. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. Yeah, plus everything I do is a tan requires a tangible is like requires touching materials and making a decision. I can't tell somebody that I found a great diamond for them if it's in the office and I'm at home. Do you have that conversation every day, every day? There's we're in like the process of five custom engagement. I thought you weren't doing those anymore. I thought we talked about that. I can't. I just like making them so much. Oh. It makes me happy. I thought it made you angry. It's you get frustrated making your movie, and then when it's done, you're like fist pump. Yeah. yeah, that's like that. I guess that counts. I need a break. I was saying that to somebody in. Who was it? Doc, was it the doctor therapist this morning when I said? <laughs> the doctor therapist. Did didn't she say? Are you taking paternity leave? Yeah. I looked at her, and I think I looked around the room like, who is she talking to? <laughs> Paternity leave lady. What do you want me to like, sit in my apartment with six women when my office is like a mile away? No, no. Paternity leave is not my idea of break at all. What if you shut down? I'm listening. What if you made all your employees here and everywhere take five working days off and like Beam was closed? I mean, not Beam, excuse me, um, 368 was closed for business for five days, and that allowed you to focus on what you want to do without having to answer questions, go to meetings, negotiate contracts, No, do that's not it, because it's, um, I'm trying to think of a metaphor or an analogy to explain this, but it's like, if I, if nobody's here, then everything just, it doesn't just go away, it just, the shit just piles, oh my god, the baby's kicking, it looks like the exorcist is happening in Candace's stomach, it just um, piles up. So like, yeah, we could all go away for five days. We come back five days later. Not, no, them. You I stay understand. into your work. They all disappear for five days. They all come back five oh. days later. And there's a huge pile of work that hasn't been dealt with, hasn't been taken care of, that's backed up and backlogged. And what is it? Procrastinations are compounded. Like if you procrastinate something that takes 30 minutes today, tomorrow it takes an hour, the day after that, two hours, the day after that, four hours. Uh, do you know this from experience? Yes, I know this from experience. Because I, in the school of thought where I sort of, I mean, I sort of have that anxiety that you have, but once I do let something go, and this is very much what the therapist tells me is like, the business will not fail if you're not in the office for one day. The business will not fail if that ring isn't ready for somebody three days before you promise it. And she's like, you have to put yourself first sometimes, not your clients, not your employees, not the decisions that have to be made. The world will not collapse if decisions aren't made within the hour. I get it. I just can't 
operate like that. Like I'm a man of extremes. Like you know my goal. That's, my, that's what I'm getting at is you have a problem. Sure, but there is an out. There's a release pressure release valve here. You know my goal my next summer is to have this company be bigger than me and to be, be self-sufficient as in running without me because it's, it's largely an operational company. I can maintain a position where I'm still making the, the decisions that have to do with the vision and the guidance and the broad strokes of the business, but I shouldn't be able to... This company shouldn't be depending on me for sort of hands-on operational Are stuff. Are you over... Over? Controlling? I control everything. Yes, but are there decisions that you could let go of? Soon, soon. I was having a conversation with Matt, my partner from Beam, in an email thread simply titled, I miss you, Matt. Uh. <laughs> I love that guy. And Matt said to me, because that guy's a borderline prophet, he said, it was really fortunate that you and I got to spend so much time together before we kicked off the company in earnest. And he's, he's right. We spent so much time together before launching that company. So then he was in a better position to understand how I think, which made it easier for him to make decisions. And I'm not at that level of, um, I'm, with 368, I'm, I'm not at that place yet. I also think it's like because of a technology company versus a media company, media is my hat. So there's nothing here that I don't understand better than most. It's, this is my world. Versus technology, I knew my boundaries, so like I didn't understand a lot of the technical aspects of, of, of you know, building software. So I was able to sort of take a step back and be like, okay, this is their area of expertise. Let me ask you a question. Go. You always tell me yeah. that perfection is the enemy of, what is it, production or something Yeah, like that? perfection is the enemy of good enough. Right, and like sometimes things just have to be good enough and, and get uh, it out there. I, I agree. And what? I, where is your merch? <laughs> I mean, don't get me started, but I agree. You're absolutely right. And I would say the short answer to, I mean, the merch question, don't send me on a fucking tangent. I'll tear this place. I'll burn this whole studio down um, because I'm frustrated about it. But the truth is like, that's right. But the reason why we've been so successful here at 368 so far, which is extraordinary what we've done for the viewers of the vlog, I haven't gotten into a lot of the intimacies of the successfulness of the business of 368 because I, I mostly only care about sharing the exciting parts of the community aspect of 368, but we've been very successful as a business. It comes from me relinquishing control to my, uh, the, the people that I work with because I'm surrounded by really smart, wildly capable people. And while it's going to take longer for them to really learn and understand how I think so my vision can be executed and implemented more broadly, in the interim, they're doing the best they can and they're doing credible work and we're being successful because of it. So I hear you and I don't want you to think that my burnout, frustration, um, living on a razor's edge of just totally fucking losing it right now is because I'm not willing to relinquish any control. Okay. I think I've got a fairly good threshold of it. Good. Did you see we launched all of our social media assets? Yeah. Can you believe we got 368 on Twitter and on Instagram? No, but was it, who had it? Like somebody had it? Who would have 368? Don't talk about those kinds of questions. Don't, there's no need. Honey, there was only 999 handles that have three numbers in them. That's it? Wait, what? Is that a lot? (laughs) I didn't. I wasn't no, listening. There's 400 million users on Twitter and and a billion two, I think, on Instagram. 
Well, like I can understand someone taking Billy because it's like it's Billy, but three six eight is like not represents not like six 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 or thirty three, the year of Christ. What's your Instagram handle? Instagram is Billy. Yeah, how'd you get and that? At that's, a, that's a good one. How'd you get Billy? I know somebody. Who? What's his name? He's super hot. <laughs> <laughs> I got her that name. <laughs> All right. So now's the moment in the in the vlog. Now's the moment in the podcast where we take questions from you, the audience, and we give you answers. And the first question today is, Candace, how come we're not going to be doing questions anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Some lady wrote to you with feedback on how to do the podcast, and I thought. I think we both thought her feedback was pretty good. What she said was that... Do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay, first of all, it wasn't some woman. It was a friend of mine's girlfriend who I've met, and she's lovely. Um, and I'm a firm believer in rejecting praise, embracing criticism. Um, but your criticism better be smart. And her criticism, her feedback was very good. And she said, some thoughts in your podcast, and I wanted to write them down for you. As a seasoned podcast listener, I noticed the best part of your podcast is when you and Candice, spell incorrectly, but that's okay, Candice are just talking candidly. I feel that the inclusion of questions at the end is a bit of a waste of time for the question asker, the listeners, and us. That hurts, but I appreciate you. You don't seem to enjoy giving advice. Just to caveat that. It's not that I don't enjoy giving advice. I think we both like it, right? We like it. We're just not good at it. We're not good at it. And then I will say that I find myself being so extraordinarily cautious that I don't share what I actually think. Yeah. Because you just don't know. Like, I don't want somebody to listen to me if I give misguided advice about such heavy issues. So I, I water them down to speak more uh, kind of on a level. Okay, okay. Back to it. You don't seem to enjoy giving advice. Yep. And the advice you give, and the advice you said yourself is a little bit nonsensical. She put that in quotes to let me know that she doesn't think it's nonsensical, but that I said it's nonsensical, but she wouldn't have brought it up unless she actually thought that we were both nonsensical. Keep reading. I think the podcast would be better if you excluded the questions or simply had people ask questions about you and your relationship with Candace. See, I like that a lot. I like that too. Is that too weird though? No, that's what people are listening for. Come on. You think they think that we're actually intelligent, like... Well, I don't think anybody thinks that about me. Or me. Yeah, but you're right. As an alternative, <laughs> it could be interesting to have on special guests. Okay, I'm going to cut that off there. We're not doing guests on no. this show. Um, I don't even... We don't even like sitting next to each other for long enough. We don't like guests in real life. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that this morning at the doctor therapist when... You, she said something about your need to socialize, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa! Nobody's coming over to see the baby. I hate that." I'm and then come she's over like, and "See the baby?" No, and then she's like, "Okay, but I want you to follow Candace's lead because <laughs> if she does want someone to come over, <laughs> so funny." So, so let's do this, boys and girls. Um, Anchor is uh, Anchor's a podcasting app. Anchor is the company that produces our podcasting show. Anchor is great. Um, they just launched a whole bunch of new tools for creators, by the way, who are want to start their own podcast. Anyway, Anchor, check it out, download their app. If you listen to our podcast via the Anchor app, you can submit feedback, questions, your voice. So why don't we try to submit questions to Candace and I. To Candace and me. To Candace and me. And have those questions be about us. Let's give them a topic. We're about to have a baby. 
No, two. I don't know. Aren't we? Okay. It's the last chance to talk about it, so. Right? That's what I was thinking. Like yeah. for the rest of our entire existence until I remarry. That's so fucked up, by I'm not the way. saying I'm going to. Just putting it out there. That's why you won't get a vasectomy. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and freeze some eggs then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay, so, so ask his questions about um, pregnancy. That's so, like, is there any way to narrow that scope? How it's going to impact something? Like, what's a smarter... What is it like... No, no, gross. Good God, no. That's gonna. You didn't go. even know what I was gonna say. I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say. I don't want to get into that. Well, whatever. We'll edit them out and find one that's good. No, no, but if we can give them a specific theme, then maybe we can actually build a whole conversation around. No, too much. Ask us questions next week specifically about how Candace and I are dealing with something and something else. Right? Make it pregnancy central because we won't we won't be talking about it again after that. What do you mean? You're going to have to just give him birth. That's all you're going to be talking about for like the next six well, months. being pregnant. Then we can talk about like hospital experience. Is there something else that's more generalized? Like how many listeners, are, how many of our listeners are pregnant right now? <laughs> I remember all of the them. The number one podcast for pregnant women <laughs> in the nation. <laughs> Couples therapy with Anderson Casey. All right. So we'll work with us here, guys. Give us feedback. Um, Give us feedback via the app. We'll include it in the show if we can figure out how to do it. Uh, but I, I do like the idea of us constantly working to make this show better and better. You know what my favorite thing about this podcast is? What, Casey? The fact that I would say nine out of ten people that compliment us on the podcast are women. Yes, and nine out of, nine out of the ten insult. Ten out of ten insults is from a man. <laughs> <laughs> it means we're doing something right. It means we're hitting an audience that is new, and I, I like that. It's mostly it's mostly the bros that watch my videos. It's so funny how mean the guys are. What do you think that is? I mean, I don't you need know. to wrap this up. What do you think that is? I don't know, but I screen capture comments all the time because I'm I, just like nobody will believe this. I think I know what it is. What you are threatening? How I don't even Look, wear makeup. Weak, weak men are threatened by strong women. If you are an insecure man, you are terrified of a girl with a brain and a mouth like yours. Uh huh terrified yeah okay um thank you everyone for tuning too much (laughs) thank you everyone for tuning into uh this episode of couples therapy uh download find us on anchor or apple podcasts or google Podcasts. oh my god i have an idea what if we just had okay but what if we had some questions for my mom specifically about our relationship that could be really interesting. How, how would we get the answers from her? She's here for a month and a half. You want her to come in here and be on our show? We just said no guests. Well, she's family. Okay. Um, find us wherever podcasts are and be sure to leave a review. and. Be sure to leave nice comments a bunch of if you're a woman at with a hashtag couples therapy. Uh, yeah, a bunch of stars and stuff. We also need to get some, we need to get a sponsor back in here, right? I mean, well, I don't see any of it. I mean, if you want to sponsor this show... <laughs> Call me on my cell phone. <laughs> Text me directly. Don't CC Candace. Okay. All right. We will. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> all right. Ciao.